Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I don't know why that's the case. It's very strange. Let me make, is this mic the one that's, let me make sure the right mic is. Hey, it's Lauren. Hi, I'm Chris. You've heard us with Mike Rogers on something offbeat over the past several months. If you've been listening and if you haven't, go back and listen, please. To all of them. To all of them. Even the ones where we're not on. But the Texas State Fair starts tomorrow and Mike is camped outside the fairgrounds waiting for it to open. Well, that's a possibility, but I'm not sure if that's exactly where he is. The last time I caught up with him, he was searching for a Ziploc bag for his lemon. And for all I know, he's still searching through the KRLD hallways for that. But what we're actually doing is uh, what we hope is going to be the first of many minisodes of something offbeat. We're going to dig into some of the stories that we haven't gotten a chance to tell on Mondays. We have archives and lists of all these weird stories that we found all over the internet. And we just don't always have the time to find an expert to talk about them. But we want to talk about them here. And we want to hear your ideas, too, about, you know, the stories that you like that we tell and maybe stories that you have that we can tell here on this podcast in future episodes. Yes, the lists tend to be endless because when you spend all day online, more and more stories just cross your Twitter screen. But to get in touch with us, email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, not like the Greek odyssey. Or you can reach out to any of us on X, formerly Twitter. I'm at Chris C. Blake. Lauren is at LaurenBerry91. And Mike is at KRLD Mike Rogers. So we're feeling this out as we go. We might not always have a theme, but we do have a theme this week. Uh, we've done a few stories about unassuming treasures on this show, like $2 bills that sell for thousands of dollars. For that one, we talked to Heather McCabe. She actually prefers spending $2 bills rather than selling them for a lot more money. You can kind of break it down into the people who are utterly shocked because they don't even know the $2 bill exists. And they look at it as sort of like um, a mystical object that they've only maybe heard about. And then those people who are familiar with the $2 bill because maybe their grandma gave them one and they viewed it as like a happy token of something about their family, or maybe they view it as good luck. Another episode we did that fits this theme took place in Texas. It was actually one of my favorite episodes, and it involves the discovery of a 2,000-year-old Roman bust at a thrift store in Austin. Here's Laura Young. She's the woman who found it. I'm looking all over the store for anything cool, interesting, unique, you know, obviously potentially valuable since that's my job. Um, Turn a corner, look under a table, and the bust was actually under a display table. Um, Solid marble. He weighs 52 pounds. So I immediately, you know, touched him, checked him out, tried to pick him up, realized he's pretty heavy. Um, and tracked a man down who was working there to pick him up and carry him to the front of the store for me to buy immediately. 
And that story ended with the bust going on display at the San Antonio Museum of Art before it made its way back to Europe. You can find that full episode in the feed. It came out on August 1st of 2022. Been doing this a long time. No, I can't believe it's been that long. And I loved that episode. My favorite part, I think, is when she compared the bust to Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you get, again, you just have to listen to figure out why that makes sense. But there's also a bunch of similar stories to this that we just haven't been able to get to, but we really want to. And we're going to tell you about them now. The first story that we're going to dig into today is out of the New York Times. The headline reads, a $4 thrift store find sells for $191,000 at auction. And that find was a rare N.C. Wyeth illustration at a Savers in New Hampshire. Now, have you ever heard of N.C. Wyeth before? I have not. I am not a huge art person. I like art, but I have never heard of this artist before either. And I I don't think I would have a lot of luck trying to find stuff at thrift stores and make a bunch of money off of it. I don't think I'm smart enough to know what I'm looking at and how much it would be worth. My mom is really good at stuff like that. She can tell stuff is going to be like worth something really easily at tiny little stores in small towns, but I'm just attracted to the kitschiest stuff. She kind of makes fun of me for that. You know, whatever you're into, your mom's just going to be out there getting rich and you're going to have your $3 uh, trinkets around. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm looking through this story. This is a long story in the New York Times about this. Do you like the piece that they found? I mean, it's fine. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know that's $190,000 for sure. I mean, I know a couple of things that I remember from school. Depth, I believe, was a thing that Mm -hmm. they were impressed with in early art. And this painting certainly has some depth to it. It does. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, It kind of reminds me of a Vermeer. It has that really kind of still calm vibe about it but would you pay nearly two hundred thousand dollars to put this in your home i would not i would not do that people like leave art out in my alley a lot and i think that's probably more of my budget free okay so the next story um the next article is actually one that i wrote so another shameless plug for myself it's about a 1954 letter from american writer ernest hemingway He wrote it to his lawyer, Alfred Rice, while he was in Venice. In it, he complains about having to shoot his first lion with a borrowed gun. And there's like a lot of stuff about bills he owed to Abercrombie and Fitch. So I like this story a lot because I was an English major and Ernest Hemingway is, I'm from Chicago. He is from the Chicago area. There's a museum in his old house uh, in Oak Park, Illinois, that I've been to a bunch of times. And I also was a former Abercrombie and Fitch employee. So I have a lot of connections to this one. And uh, I kind of like to make fun of Ernest Hemingway for being really extra. And this letter definitely demonstrated that. This checks a lot of boxes for you. And he was very extra. So extra. This letter sold for $237,000. And as much as I love Ernest and how extra he is, I definitely would not pay that for, for one of his letters. What's your favorite Ernest Hemingway book? Oh, I th- I'm going to be kind of basic and say The Old Man in the Sea. You know, it's I think where his simple prose shines the most. I visited Key West probably about four years ago, I think. And we went to the Ernest Hemingway Museum there because that's where 
he lived in the later stages of his life. And it was really interesting. Oh, cool. So you've also frequented a Hemingway museum. Yeah, he got around. Frequented as in once, but yes. (laughs) Okay, you got me. We're going to go a little more ancient with this next one, all the way back to 2007. And if you're (laughs) the type of person who likes to keep old phones, you might be able to cash in on them, especially if you bought the first iPhone, which was made in that year when they went for around $399 to $599. One of those debut models with the original box sold at auction for more than $190,000. Lauren, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm always paying for a new phone or always having to upgrade. So I don't know that paying in the six figures for one that I'm going to have to replace in two years, and as we've learned, that's by design, uh, is worth the money. I always say that's by design. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't do this. I was really slow to like adopt the iPhone. I loved my brick phone with buttons. I don't think I got an iPhone until my senior year of college. It was 2014. I think I got my first iPhone around the same time. I really liked my Android and I also liked having an actual keyboard. Yeah, I miss the buttons today still because sometimes I feel like I have more autocorrect and typo situations when I'm texting now than I did back in the, the button days. Or maybe it's just that as we all age, we all start to develop those sausage fingers on the keyboards of our phones. That's true. I I have sausage finger problems with my texting. (laughs) Lauren, this next one is one that I would love to do a full episode on sometime soon. And that is about a $10,000 bill, which is a thing that actually existed. And it sold at auction for 48 times that price, $480,000. It was apparently a piece of legal tender that was issued during the Great Depression in 1934. Wow, that's really fascinating. When you go into a store and see those like fake bills for anything over $100 that people sometimes hand out as a joke, just know that maybe one's real. It does look like fake money. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And like back in my waitressing days, if someone tried to give this to me, I would definitely like tell them to to get out of my restaurant. I'm trying to figure out who the person is on it because it's ringing zero bells. I literally just Googled it while we were talking. It is a portrait of Salmon P. Chase. So nobody anybody has ever heard of. but Never heard of Salmon P. Chase ever. (laughs) He was the Treasury Secretary under President Lincoln. So why they picked the Treasury Secretary from an administration that was about 70 years prior, I don't know. That is wild. I wonder if he had a relative or something that was petitioning for for this. We need to have salmon on currency. Maybe we should just do a whole episode on currency above $100 that has been issued in the United States. That's a great idea. Let us know, listeners, let us know if you would be into that. If you want us to include tips about how to make money off of the weird currency. And I hope that you can't hear the really annoying uh, leaf blowers outside of my apartment right now. I cannot. And I actually kicked my dogs out of the office at home so we could record this in silence. Tell the dogs I apologize when we're off the Zoom. I will because, you know, they give you that look when you kick them out of a room like, hey, I live here. (laughs) So, so sad. I'm like, well, then you can go get a job and pay the bills. (laughs) You can get a podcast. I don't know that it pays the bills, but you can get one. 
So the last uh, story that we wanted to talk about today is about a group of researchers in Israel who discovered four exceptionally preserved Roman era swords hidden in a cave overlooking the Dead Sea. These weapons are believed to be roughly 1900 years old at a time when Jewish rebels staged an uprising against the Roman Empire. So this is actually our second Roman Empire story that we're referencing today. Chris, I'm wondering, how often do you think about the Roman Empire in a given day? You know, I think I know where we're going with this. And the answer is almost never. The one caveat I would say is that my wife and I went to Italy on our honeymoon this summer. And I'm sure I thought about it then. But since we got back, I'd say one to two times. Okay. That seems like a normal amount of time to think about the Roman Empire. Uh, But before we... (laughs) But before we started recording, uh, Chris told me about this TikTok trend that I hadn't heard about before. It's about dudes being obsessed with ancient Rome. And I'm really intrigued because I actually really like ancient Rome. And one of my favorite podcasts is about Roman emperors. So I had seen that there was a trend, but I didn't know why it started. So I found the source of it. And apparently it started with a tweet earlier this month by a user named Kelsey Lewis Vincent. And it says, I'm quoting here, I saw an IG reel that said something along the lines of women have no idea how often the men in their lives think about the Roman Empire. So I asked my husband, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And without missing a beat, he said every day, y'all, why? End quote. You're welcome for the dramatic reading. That was retweeted more than 5,600 times and has 8 million impressions. Wow. That is pretty intense. And, you know, people are super into to ancient Rome. And I'm I'm interested in digging more into this trend. We weren't able to research it too much, but I'm really interested in what our listeners think about ancient Rome. How often do you think about it? Do you know about this trend? Do you have offbeat stories about ancient Roman stuff that you want us to cover? We're here for you. My favorite thing that I saw in the Google search for ancient Rome was that Panera has launched an ancient Rome-inspired menu. Yes, I saw that as well. And I'd also like to dig more into that, maybe do a taste test. So thanks, everybody, for listening to our first Something Offbeat Minnesota. We hope you had fun. Uh, check in on Monday for Mike's dive into celebrity mugshots with Gillian Brockle of The Washington Post. And if you have ideas that you want us to do a full episode on or even just talk about in one of these minisodes, email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.